You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hello, this is the Money Talks podcast with me, Andrea Heng. If you're looking for a one-stop shop for advice on what to do with your money, then you have come to the right place. We've got episodes that speak your language. We hope to simplify things here at Money Talks. For example, our previous episode broke down in pretty simple terms what you need to consider if you're thinking of taking a career break or a sabbatical. Now, the answer may be logical, but there are some handy tips in there that you may not have thought of before. It's out on cna.asia as well as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Hey, quick shout out to listener Geetha. She enjoyed our episode on the cost of IVF and she found it wonderful sharing. Thank you so much, Geetha. It is listeners like you that really make our work so worth it. Now, if you have any comments or feedback on our episodes, any of them, Feel free to leave them on Spotify or any of the other platforms where you listen to Money Talks. Okay, let's get down to today's topic. Now, it's been a decade since I was last single, but it doesn't mean I'd forgotten what it was like. A lot of it was self-discovery, self-care, but also self-expensing. Yep, a single's life means a single's income, and especially in Singapore where the cost of living is high and it's still rising, going solo ain't always cheap. And we know that in Singapore, this demographic is increasing too. So to talk us through how to manage money solo, I have with me two pretty money-wise singles. They're affectionately called the Weeblings. They have quite a large following on TikTok. Welcome to Money Talks, Aaron and Sarah Wee of the Weeblings. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having us. So first, I must ask, are you both single? I am not married, but in a relationship. Okay, and Aaron? Same here. I'm not married, but I'm also in a relationship. Okay, any plans to get married? Well, for me, I actually just got an engagement ring, but Ooh, we're is not going to say is this when the proposal heels? is going to be at. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I have to ask you, both of you, obviously you're in a relationship now, but you have been single before, for sure. Yes. So what do you find is the most expensive thing about being single? For me, when I was single, I guess the idea of saving up for a house, saving up for a ring, I didn't take any of that into consideration. So for me, I ended up just spending money on the things that I like. So it's more like in principle, I end up just spending more on myself instead of That's saving. <laughs> so you are the most expensive thing Yes. <laughs> about being single. Okay, so we all know what it's like being single, right? You're, you're pretty much accountable to yourself. There's a lot of autonomy, independence, and that includes you know, being responsible with your savings, expenses, and even investments. So these are the areas we're going to cover for this episode, okay? So let's start with the first, expenses. So how do you guys plan your expenses? How do you prioritize them? So for me, because I'm not at the stage where I'm planning to get married yet or to buy a house with a partner. It's a lot more budgeting for myself, my own needs, my growth and things like that, my holidays. Mm -hmm. How I budget is I have a yearly review and a yearly planning. So I usually budget for all my fixed and upcoming expenses. So if I have holidays, usually I kind of know how much I might want to spend on each of them. Right. My insurance payments, how much money I have to give to tax, mm -hmm. stuff like that. They all are budgeted at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And then every single month, I also do like a budget for right. the month right. for more variable expenses. Okay. Well, does that add up to a lot on average? I kind of already have 
the amount of money I want to save. So mm. I kind of take that out and then whatever else, I just split it among. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it's, I forced myself to save this much Correct. and everything else is pretty much play money. Yes, my savings is definitely forced. Okay. It's all automated. Aaron, what about you? How do you prioritize your spending? Well, for me now... Well, number one, I have to consider getting, like, housing. But I guess even if you're single, I'm guessing most likely you would still want to own your own house as well. Oh, yeah. So I I guess if you don't start putting money away, then it will be quite difficult. Mm. Recently, the housing prices have been going up just a a little bit more than um, expected. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm feeling the pinch of that. (laughs) So even if I'm applying for BTO, I still need cash for down payment. Yeah. Um, So I think it's important to just at least set aside some Mm. amount. Side note, do you find that expenses between men and women as singles differ greatly? Is there a great difference? Or do you think, yeah, you guys pretty much spend about the same? Because I'm thinking, I spend more on, say, stuff like skincare and makeup, which obviously my husband doesn't use. Do you find that as well in your experience? I mean, I don't know if it's a male and female thing, but for Aaron and I, definitely our spending habits are quite different. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, I have less self-control, basically. (laughs) So, which is why I budget every year, budget every month, ah, I track my expenses. So, the guardrails yes. are there. Aaron's the type that doesn't really need to have a budget. Oh, wow. He only spends on necessities and sometimes on nerd, like just nerdy stuff, like, yeah. like phones and <laughs> tech, basically. Yeah, but because well, I like very to spend on tech stuff mm. and sometimes I really want to try something, but I don't want to buy it. So, I'll just let Sarah know about it and then sometimes she would buy it and then I can give it a try as well. <laughs> so, this is something that I'm curious about. Basic necessities like groceries, right? So do you feel that as a single, you have more discretionary income? You have more room to breathe, so to speak? Do you feel you have sort of more financial bandwidth? For sure. Yeah? Definitely. Comparing Mm. ourselves with our friends with kids and married friends, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Right. And do you feel like because you don't have kids, because you're not married, you're then able to sort of spend on, I guess, more luxury things than your friends might? Yes, I think so. Mm. I mean, I think that I have a lot more discretionary income Mm. than friends with kids for sure. Right, And you don't have to consult anyone, right? Yes. Mm. Yes, I don't need to ask anyone for permission to buy things. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Aaron? Like, Do you feel like, okay, you're kind of not so single anymore but how do you feel about that discretionary income now changing she feels it oh shrinking. i feel it a lot like <laughs> just as i mentioned earlier i could spend on anything that i wanted before yeah. but suddenly when okay i'm applying for bto mm. like okay i need to have the cash for down payment the ring and then like the wedding and like the thought of kids as well is like it's very far away but it's also going to be expensive and so suddenly whenever i want to buy something i, I can't just like okay Simple. I can just get it. I have to think twice. Like, okay, do I need it or not? Mm, it's less impulsive yes. when you make that purchasing decision, right? What yes. about when it comes to groceries? How, how do you guys work out how much to spend on groceries as a single person? Because obviously, you're not going to go through a jumbo loaf of bread, you know, like a family of four <laughs> would. Tell us how you shop and what, what your strategy is when saving money as a single. Well... Even though we're single right now, thankfully, we do live together. So that actually helps. Mm. I guess if you're living with someone, maybe your parents or a sibling, then that helps if you were to buy groceries together. Like right now, we're doing tons of meal prep. So we get like a lot of chicken Mm -hmm. and then I would cook all of it on a Monday and then that'll be ready for us for like the entire week. Okay. Yes. And then a bunch of salads and then actually we do buy a huge loaf of bread. (laughs) 
It's like high high protein yes. bread. Yeah, uh, yes. the low GI stuff. Yes. Okay. I mean that that's only because you're staying with your family, but I imagine the meal prep strategy would work for someone living alone, for example. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yes. The meal prep's only for the two of us, actually. Like, our yeah. parents don't ah. obviously they eat better food than salad <laughs> and chicken breast. Yes. They're, they're not and chicken breast and salad when, people. The weeks when Sarah isn't around, when she flies off, actually ah. it's even easier because then he I can meal. Once a week. I just yeah. go to meal prep for one week. Ah. Whereas when I'm cooking for the two of us, actually it's meal prepping for two weeks worth. Mm. And it, it takes almost double the time yeah. to oh, cook. Oh, yeah. Yes. And double the cost too, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I remember the time when I was single. Seems very far away now. Some days, I would just be too lazy to cook. So ordering in on those lazy days would be my survival mechanism. Mm. Mm. We know that it can add up. It's pretty pricey yeah. with the delivery fee. And so yeah. what's your spending hack here? My spending hack is to go to Sarah's room and ask whether she's hungry. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I hope that she says yes. I mean, I've cut down a lot. But I think mm. at the beginning of this year, especially after COVID, mm. it's been so every bad. Day, I think every day. Yeah, twice or three times a week wow. I would order in. Wow. Yeah. But so that's the strategy then because the two of you are sort of each other's enablers. <laughs> He's <laughs> the enabler. That, that Does it help to save you money in, in terms of ordering the food? Because yes. that's what my husband and I do sometimes. So I am subscribed to the Grab plan. Mm-hmm. So I need a minimum of $15 anyway to get the free delivery. Or yeah. $3 off delivery So yeah. usually I consolidate the orders And mm. then we order together Okay. So usually what I order Is The food is not as important to me As the drinks Like we like bubble tea And like oh. coffee And kopi And mm. stuff like that right And at home we only have An espresso machine right. So we can't make kopi And kopi is just too much Of a hassle to make at home <laughs> Okay. So that's what I usually order And I usually order like Two to three days worth of coffee Ah yeah. Wow Or bubble tea Wow mm. Okay well, well that's a good hack So you actually. can just put cling wrap But if you order bubble tea It's you yeah. Yes That's a pretty good hack You're sort of giving yourself More mileage yeah. To last longer So the yeah. delivery fee Doesn't feel so painful Correct. Right Correct. Solo travel As I understand it It is touted to be More expensive So much more expensive Yeah Than travelling as a couple Right I mean obviously Aaron you can attest to this Travelling with your girlfriend You get to split costs For certain yes. things Right? Yeah. Actually, I did solo travel a couple of times mm. when I um, when I was single uh-huh. and when I was younger. But I guess because being a solo traveler, if you have friends living in other countries, I used to just crash their dorms. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I used to save money, stay over at the dorms. Yeah. Um, especially when you when your friends are in uni, oh, they're yeah. studying. So like accommodation, <laughs> and they wouldn't mind. So like yes, and everyone's like kind of kind of single at that point of time. So head over to the country, just crash the place. When you're younger, you don't mind friends bunking sometimes. (laughs) When you're older, you get a bit fussier. But okay, so that's a great singles cost-saving hack when it Mm. comes to travelling. Actually, travelling single can sometimes be cheaper as well, especially when it comes to like hotels and like plane tickets because you don't have to consider two people's uh, like schedules. Mm. For example, I'm planning a trip to Japan this year with my girlfriend, Mm -hmm. but... Japan is the most expensive period of time. But we can't go on any other times because that's just when our schedules match. Sure. Which is just that one December period. Which oh. just happens to be when it's the most expensive. It is very expensive. So, but, but you divide your hotel stay into half though. If yeah. you travel on your own, it may not be as cheap because of the... I think to me, the hotel is the most expensive because of not being able to split mm. the hotel costs. But if I was travelling alone, I wouldn't mind staying in like those bunk beds. Uh, yes. the capsule, capsule hotels. hotels. Yeah. That's so where like, we differ. That's where, yeah. So that's where like I really wouldn't mind and save cost on that. 
Right. Um, but I would not do that if I was like going with a partner because probably yeah, one. Exactly. I mean, you brought up a good point, Sarah, that you're you're not a capsule hotel gal. Yeah. But if you're single and you're used to a certain level of comfort, mm-hmm. especially when you're having the single life at home, yeah. you, you want to re- kind of replicate that. Not everyone yeah. wants to rough it out. Yes. So I guess if not into the capsule hotels or the backpackers hostels, and it's, it's also a question of safety when you're traveling mm-hmm. solo as a woman. Correct. Yes. So yeah. it can be more expensive in that respect mm-hmm. where you want to pay more for. I guess a safer room yes. where you can bunk in alone and comfortably Correct. as well, right? Correct, yeah. Mm. Hello everyone, my name is Crispina. And I'm Adrian. And we're the hosts of a podcast called Work It. If you've never heard of it, well, it's a good time to tap in. In the last 20 episodes, we've discussed topics like how to negotiate for a salary increase. Or how to get along with younger colleagues who have different values from you which incidentally is our top performing episode. If work consumes your life and you want some perspective on issues like management, stress, even office romance, then this podcast should be on your list. A new episode drops every Monday. Catch us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so being single means, you know, you get to spend time with other people. You not only have financial bandwidth, you have time as well, right? Mm -hmm. To socialize, you have the freedom to date. And we all know how going out can be really expensive in Singapore. How do you navigate this as a single? Is there some way you could limit your social spending? Because as a single with a lot of time, that's going out many times. And that means spending a lot and it all adds up, right? I think for me, because I'm a girl, mm-hmm. it's not that I mind going Dutch, but usually that conversation never comes up. Usually the guys that I have gone out with when I was single would just pay for the date. Ah. Yeah. So I think for me, it's probably easier than for Aaron. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's just like the cost of doing business. <laughs> 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 but there were a few times where like I like let's go Dutch because I wasn't gonna see the person again. <laughs> okay, that's clearly a different conversation that we need to add. Also because Sarah will be dating or when she goes out, she's going out with like older guys, while I'm going out usually with younger girls. So like yeah, that you age see, gap really has oh, like yeah. amplified. Yes, yes. People of don't often yeah. think about it that yeah. way. That that social sort of dynamic. So I guess younger generations, we might have a, just a different outlook. Mm. So maybe that plays a bit into it. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. What about going out with friends? How's that like when you are thinking about, you know, spending for the night or multiple nights? I think for me, more so than Aaron, because I go out with my friends a lot. Mm. That's where my budgeting comes in. Yeah. So I kind of have a cap on like how much I want to spend out with friends mm. a month. Mm. So that's a big consideration for me. So okay. it's a big chunk of my monthly budget, actually. Yeah, it yeah. is. Because it's just so expensive. Yes, the right cab ride out. out, and then the dinner, the yeah. drinks, and the cab ride back. Yeah, and, always and worse. how often are out. you going out with your friends a month, say? Usually every weekend. So that's four-ish? Yeah. Big it used to outs? be worse. It used to be... Friday and Saturday. Wow. Now I try to keep it to once every two weeks, but usually that fails. So <laughs> yep. I can't help she, it. I'm an extrovert. If I don't go out, I get depressed. Social butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've discussed the spending. Let's talk about the saving. How are your needs going to be different at different stages in your life? If you choose to remain single for quite a while, how's that going to affect your budget? <laughs> <laughs> I think for savings, it would probably mirror the life stage that I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe the amount that I save may not change as much. Okay. But more of how I'm saving or where the money that I save 
goes to. Because right now, I think I'm using savings in a very broad term. Mm-hmm. So I have expenses, income, savings, but also investments. But now I'm lumping savings and investments together, right? Right. But so, for example, when Aaron and I talk about when we're taking out money from like the weavings, the money for, that we've made mm-hmm. and how we're going to invest it, we sometimes look at investing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right now, Aaron and I, um, all our money from the Weeblings, we have not taken it out yet and right. they have been invested in the same pool of investments. Mm. But right now, right, because because Aaron's BTOing, he, we have just recently talked about how he's going to take out some money and invest it in a different kind of investment that's yeah. more liquid mm-hmm. and less risky versus I'm still going to leave my money in a higher risk. Right. Aaron, you're in a completely different stage of life mm compared to Sarah so your priorities have now changed so now you have to start thinking about where to draw upon financially for the next stage of your life yeah definitely Mm. so I guess savings for me in the past was very similar to Sarah's like high risk investments let's try to to get as much as we can get Mm. but now that I know that I'm trying to apply for a BTO for example if I get a BTO I know that it's going to take four to five years to build Mm -hmm. so that actually allows me to structure my savings and investments Mm. in a way that uh, really benefits me like Sarah mentioned I'm going to be putting it in something that is more liquid Mm. that is I would say it's low risk so for me that would mean putting money into bonds Mm. I know that five years time I'm going to have to make the down yeah, payment yeah. so I need the cash on hand I don't want to spend it but bonds if I buy a five year bond right now it's giving quite a good yield yeah. compared to, to the past few years mm-hmm. so that would allow me to collect close to about 30 to 40k mm-hmm. um, just from the down payment alone yeah. Yeah. yeah let's stick with that investment topic just a little bit longer so as a single what kind of portfolio would you suggest or advise building as a single for me it's not just because I'm single but also my personality Mm -hmm. So, for example, for me, I like a lot more automated, a lot more stress-free type of investments. Mm So, the bulk, I would say 70% of my investments are all automated. Right. They are... My money is gyroed from my bank account straight into the broker Mm -hmm. and then I have a recurring buy of uh, different ETFs Mm -hmm. and funds Mm -hmm. every single month. Mm -hmm. And then the last 30% is where I have fun and I... That's for the more adventurous stuff. Correct. But the Mm. thing is that right now my investments, the 70% are money that I will not touch. So they... I mean, they are technically liquid, but I will not touch them. Mm. That is money set aside for maybe taking out in 20, 30 years, like long-term investments. Mm. So as a singles portfolio, I don't have something that is... Low risk and liquid. I have liquid but high risk and then non-liquid long-term investments that are low risk. Right. But I think like as I... When I think about marriage mm-hmm. and having a family in the future, I yeah. would probably have to add in low risk and high liquidity mm. investments. Just to keep it flexible. Exactly. Is that what describes your investment pattern as no longer so single? Aaron? <laughs> Starting, right? <laughs> more, more or less, something something like that. Mm. Before I was thinking about getting a house and everything, I was already someone who takes more caution when it comes to investing. Right. Mm. So I will only like assign 10% to really risky assets. Some of them do, did really well, some of them went to zero. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's risky. Sure. But for me, I've always liked to build up a safe portfolio. Yeah. So they don't grow as much, but they have been good. Mm. You know, they've been growing slowly. I think for me, actually, I do buy quite a bit of Singapore assets as well. Mm. That includes bonds, that includes like REITs, because yep. I want to collect the dividends on mm-hmm. business trust as well. Yeah. And our local banks as well, cash cows. Yeah. Yes. So I do buy a lot of safe assets as well. And then I have some in the United States as well. Uh, so I yes. try to keep a, a balanced amount. But again, recently I've shifted a little bit more towards bonds right. for the reason of buying a house. Mm-hmm. If I were to buy bonds, 
I can roughly predict when I'll need my down payment. Yeah. So I can buy bonds that would last about the duration as well. Mm-hmm. But one interesting thing is if bond yields were to drop, then the bond price itself will go up exponentially as well. Yes. Which is a win for me in this case because if bond yields drop, I can quickly sell off the bond Correct. and earn quite a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. But if bond yields were to remain the same, then I'll still get the money at the end of it yeah. and I'll make an additional amount. Yeah, It's just how much of the icing on the cake you get at the end of the day, right? Yes. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about income now. There are people in full-time jobs and you do what you will with your singles portfolio and your savings plan. But you could also have more time to perhaps explore a side hustle, maybe earn some extra income. Could this be part of the mix to boost your savings, even boost the capacity to grow your wealth even further as a single? The weaving started out as a side hustle. Mm. And then right now, we're trying to move it to full-time. Aaron is more or less doing it full-time. And for me, I'm almost doing it full-time as well. Mm -hmm. So I think when Aaron started it, because he wasn't married yet, right? So he was schooling and also doing this as a side hustle. And so I think that took out a lot of his time. Mm. Mm. Actually, truthfully, like, if you were single and if I was single Mm -hmm. and if I planned to be single for the rest of my life I would have a lot more time to grow and put into a lot of other side hustles because we actually have a lot of ideas we want to do we have tried a lot of other side hustles before and did it help you financially ultimately at the end of the day I mean the time sacrifice aside I would say it's definitely not worth the time sacrifice it really depends on the goal of the side hustle as well Mm. I think for us the first few ones that we started of course we wanted to make money but even though we didn't we wouldn't say it was a waste because we learned all the skills that helped us create a business that mm-hmm. is now profitable. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Actually, that's a really good point. People don't really think about it that way because if you're just blindly doing it with no objective in mind, then is that money going to be worth your, say, health yep. at the end of the day when it deteriorates, right? Yeah. I think when you're single, you start to think about things like retirement, planning ahead, right? No one's going to do it for you when mm-hmm. you're single. Should you have a friend or family member who's aware of your goals, your financial goals and your financial health keep you in check if you're going to remain single? What's your advice there? Well, Aaron and I have each other. So I guess we <laughs> keep each other in track, on track. More like Aaron keeps me on track. Okay, so you would say yes then. You'd feel like you should have someone to sort of check in on you. I think it really depends on your personality. Yeah, so because some I, people would yeah. say that it's very freeing to make all these decisions yourself, yeah. right? I, but you, you're saying it's down to personality. Correct. So I think for me, if you're someone that requires a system, because I'm quite... She loves to build systems. Yes. And the reason why I love to build systems is because I feel like my personality requires systems because mm. without systems, I just don't get anything done. So you need the discipline yes. to be spelt yes. out for you. I need external mm. discipline. Mm. Yeah, but, but I guess that differs yeah. from me because I'm generally quite self-disciplined myself. So I never really needed a system. Yeah. Mm. I just look at something and I really want it. And then I'm just like, nope, you can't buy it. And then I walk away. Final piece of advice. I think my biggest advice would be to... When you're trying to save money or look at your expenses or plan for your expenses, always look at the big picture items. Mm. So don't focus on saving $1 to $2 every day, but focus, look at what is making the biggest difference. Mm. Are you paying too much for mortgage? Are you paying too much for rent? Are you not earning enough? So I think that is my biggest piece of advice. Erin, your last piece of advice for singles managing their finances. Thinking ahead of what's going to be important for you and then budgeting for those first would actually just relieve a lot of pressure. 
if you were to save for all of that, then everything else becomes excess cash and that's when you actually have the freedom to spend on what you love and what you care about. It can seem as if a lot of life is geared towards finding the one, settling down. You know what, financially, it's hard to deny two can be better than one. But there are perks to being single, provided you take the time and effort to plan your money carefully. We hope you enjoyed this chat. Thank you, Sarah and Aaron, for helping us figure out how to survive as a swinging single. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us as well. And thank you to you, listener. Did you enjoy this episode of Money Talks? Well, we've got more for you. Just follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell us what you think of this episode or any others that you've listened to. Better yet, suggest some topics you'd like us to cover. The team behind Money Talks is Jacqueline Chan, Joanne Chan, Tiffany Ang, Crispina Robert, Sawyer Wynn, Jessalyn Tan, and I'm Andrea Hing. Be the master of your money. <laughs>